Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss the vines. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. Australia has a rich history of colorful rock stars, and Craig Nichols from The Vine certainly fits the bill. dad was in an Australian garage band called The Vines, V-Y-N-E-S, so he stole the name from him. Craig was an artistic loner who dropped out of high school and he met his future bandmate Patrick Matthews when the two worked at McDonald's. Nichols' paintings are often used for Vines album covers. The group was careening, wild, unhinged, chaotic, and out of control due to Craig's behavior on stage. He really gets into it with his full body and soul. He's also been the only consistent member of the group as others have come and gone usually because of his past behavior. Witness his performance on the David Letterman show from 2002 that ended up with a stunned audience and Dave asking, is he all right? Our next guest are an acclaimed rock and roll band from Australia. Their debut CD is entitled Highly Evolved. Here they are, kids, The Vines. They were prevented from performing on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno after Nichols' crazed performance during a rehearsal and he destroyed a drum kit. The band appeared at a promotional event where Craig berated the audience and attacked a photographer and started getting on people's nerves a little too much, especially in the press. Did you have fun? No, sir! Oh, I don't believe you for a second. You and should believe me, because well, I'm telling you the teeth. Well, you that see, means that's, the tooth. That's and that means it's a bunch of shorts, and exactly. we all know it's true. Come on, agree. How could you not believe? How could you think that I actually had a good time, though? Because there was think? free booze, there was possibly a few oh, heroes. Oh, well, and... I don't drink. Okay. What about um, your, sort of, your, your contemporaries in terms of music that you meet there? Are there any people that you've kind of bumped into that you have been really sort of going, Wow, I just met blank. No, because only people like you do that. In 2008, the band had to cancel important tours due to his instability. In 2012, Craig Nichols was arrested for assaulting his parents. He held a knife to his mother's throat, apparently. There was discussion that the band would never be able to tour again. 
and to date they have not toured extensively in several years. But about this time, Nichols was found to have Asperger's syndrome, and that explained a lot. A roadie had actually diagnosed him after an internet search of symptoms. But right now we focus on the return of the Vines, who released their third album called Vision Valley. Uh, of course, amidst all the hoorah regarding Craig Nichols' diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, which makes sense given his erratic behavior towards the tail end of the touring on their second album, Winning Days. Well, no one was really sure whether the band were going to bother touring because obviously it's one thing to make a record, it's another thing to put someone under the stress of going out on the road. Medication and therapy, Craig Nichols has improved noticeably, and the original lineup is currently back together. Craig moved back in with his parents and keeps a low profile to this day.
Bragg has often remarked on his preference for the studio over the stage. His bands probably feel the same way, since it's probably safer in the studio. Craig is tech-phobic and avoids the internet, computers, and smartphones. So when the group was formed in 1994, with Patrick Matthews on bass and drummer David Olive, there were around when several other bands were starting up with the word the. There was the hives. strokes. stripes.
and most of their sounds harken back to the 60s garage rock era. to Nirvana and the Case of the Binds. And like Nirvana, the band is primarily a three-piece, occasionally padded out with auxiliary players. This similarity, or homage rather, is apparent with the Vines. It's not a bad thing. The group is also grounded in the Beatles. They seem to know their way around a pop hook.
Most of their songs are memorable and catchy and usually pretty heavy. I could hear them produced by any number of producers who shine at bringing that combination out of an act. But their producer of choice has often been the very talented Rob Schnaff, who has worked with artists like Beck and Elliot Smith. Aside from Nirvana, you can hear T-Rex, The Stooges, The Kinks, and Cheap Trick in these songs. Their best songs always punch you in the chest, and high volume is recommended. Vines have released seven studio albums to date and started out on Capitol Records. Critics say the Vines owe too much to Cobain and company, but so did Bush and Silverchair, and they just don't have the great songs that the Vines do. I think that's because they were also influenced by 70s pop and hip-hop, but thankfully they don't actually rap on any of their albums. After gigging and writing a number of songs, the group was signed and released Highly Evolved in 2002. The band appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone in 2002 the first Australian band to do so since Men at Work in 1983. And they were heralded as the saviors of rock, but the same critics would turn on the band later over Craig Nichols' shenanigans. In my opinion, Highly Evolved is a solid album that holds up real well. The title track is a mere 90 seconds long. (laughs) 
song Get Free was a standout and contains the classic lines, I'm gonna get free, she never loved me, why should anyone? This song was everywhere when the album came out. Another great Nirvana-inspired track is Out of the Way, which is punkier in spirit and more raw. Their catchiest songs usually hover about three minutes in length, which is great. Short and sweet, but this group is no jerk-off like Green Day. One song, Autumn Shade, clocks in at just over two minutes, and it's a departure from the heavier tracks. It's a beatle tune that brings a psychedelic flavor to the record that bounces out quite nicely and establishes Craig Nichols as an aware and talented writer, despite his public persona as a troublemaking pothead hooked on American fast food.
After that release, the band started touring in earnest and were often music tabloid fodder. Their intense performances often matched the unpredictable behavior of Craig's on- and off-stage behavior, attacking journalists, interviewers, antagonizing their audiences, destroying equipment, hotel rooms, and expectations in the grand tradition of rock. Craig was often locked in the bathroom until seconds before taking the stage and unloading. His roadies kept his bong water fresh and his pipe full to keep him chilled out. Within two years, the group released their second album, Winning Days, and this was no sophomore slump. Another top-notch single called Ride climbed the charts, and notices from the critics were at an all-time high. Autumn Shade 2 is a nice extension of the original track from the first album, and this pattern would continue through the group's capital label years. Some songs blend trippy, raw, psychedelic with brute force power chords, and I love that shit. Fuzzy guitars and bubblegum pop music songs.
Patrick Matthews had quit by the time Vision Valley was released in 2006. It was produced by Wayne Connolly, who had worked with Death Cab for Cutie. And this album was kind of lacking simply because it was samey, without the benefit of being so fresh and unpredictable. It's not a bad album, just kind of boring in my opinion. And the band has dropped from the record label due to poor sales. This was certainly due to the group's inability to get it together for touring or promotional shows. In the I don't really read reviews, I, I find they're um, kind of like reading a horoscope, it's, uh, it's fun to read, it's not necessarily true uh, in the slightest bit, one bit the least, not at all.
Nobody came out in 2008. It was easy to miss. There was such poor marketing. I didn't even know the record was out until I just happened to notice on a discography. OG producer Rob Schnaff was back. There were no super strong singles that were worthy here. Just 14 tracks on blast that stay well under the three-minute mark, save for one, the title, True As The Night, which is a psychedelic opus that sticks out from the other tracks. also still good at the rave-ups like Manger.
the next album, Future Primitive, in 2011, the group tried distributing the record themselves, and it was included in the Daily Telegraph newspaper. There's some Beach Boys and Beatles tinges here and there that are nice, and the fourth installment of the Autumn Shade song cycle. Wicked Nature's a double album was released in 2014 and was partly funded via Pledge Music in order to get it to the public. It's basically two different albums put together as they were recorded and mixed independently, but they stay true to the band's sound with a few experimentations thrown in. You'll like this album if you like the other albums. offering to date is in Miracle Land, where the group stays in its lane, not unlike the Ramones or ACDC. Nothing here that's new, but it's still a good album, and if you like the sound, you'll like this record.
they remain the neo-garage band that propelled their music in the first place. But if you're looking for a huge stylistic leap, forget it. It's like the Vines have their really powerful songs, and then their kind of acoustic psychedelic songs, and not a whole lot in between. So with the Vines, you know what you're getting, and it's largely a good time. Dig it. Um, this is uh, the end of the show now. Uh, Craig from the Vines, and uh, I'm going to play a Vines song now. It's called Out of the Way. Check it out. Produced by Donnie Shattuck.